everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a chef for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this beautiful pollen-laden weekend for the cicadas from. So we're going to come, so we're going to have some fun because when they show up, you won't be able to hear us. Um, uh, you know, before we get into the show, Nick, why don't you catch everybody up on what's going on? Well, hi, everybody. And uh, I don't know about you, but I am definitely petrified of the cicadas. I plan on having my own uh, stay in home or whatever it's called that we just did for the pandemic. I'll be staying in again uh, because I totally PTSD from last time. Okay, so check out the listareyouwanted.com, the online e-zine that really talks about everything going on in the D.C. metro area. Cinco de Mayo is coming up this week. And if you're vaxxed and ready to head out, there's lots of amazing activities out there. But also there are plenty of things that you can take home if you're more comfortable. It is all on the website. And uh, Mother's Day is coming up. You have a week and reservations are going to be harder and harder to get because D.C., as you know, is still only 25 percent. So really think ahead. Um, There's also lots of creative ways for you to um, honor the one that you call your mother or the one who gives you the support like a mother. So uh, check out all the fabulous things on the list. And then lastly, for all you restaurants out there. Monday is the day. There is $28 billion uh, for the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. Go to RAMW, uh, the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington. What to do, how to do, it is all there for you. And Kathy Hollinger and her team are at the ready to help you. But it is, um, it's an amazing opportunity, especially as we are finally coming, hopefully, knock on wood, out of this pandemic. Uh, this fund is really going to be instrumental in helping those restaurants in need. Okay, David, back to you. All right. Well, as usual, as is our habit, we're first going to be joined by Deb Moser of Central Farm Markets. The spring is bursting out there, and the markets are full of fresh produce and a lot of other things. We'll hear about that. And uh, this is going to be a really interesting interview. Much like the most successful dating apps, the Happy Dap um, connects people uh, and uh, like-minded people, really, interested in the same kind of food and drink experiences with uh, shared and provided dinners uh, in, in virtual settings. They deliver the dinner to you, and then you get online and you chat. Uh, Happy co-founder April Johnson is going to join us to explain how all that works. Uh, about 25 years ago, Dwayne Cheer's mom was very ill and decided to go completely vegan to cure herself. And Dwayne, uh, she, hated, she loved hamburgers, but uh, obviously couldn't find anything good in vegan then. And Dwayne uh, invented something that uh, not only satisfied her, but became the legendary burger that he now sells all over the country. And he's going to join us to talk about that. And then our old friend Greg Nivens, the Food and Wine Festival impresario, is going to join us. He's going to talk about how he pivoted really during the COVID thing because you couldn't have a festival during COVID because people couldn't gather. But now he's back with all kinds of cool stuff, including something that involves dinosaurs. Think about Mm -hmm. that. Um, Mm -hmm. And Greg will be with us shortly. And uh, Erica Christian is the founder and executive director of Empowering the Diner. It's a BIPOC-focused uh, event series designed to help attendees flex their purchasing power at restaurants. We're going to hear more from her. But first, let us go to Deb Moser. Deb, it's beautiful out. I'm sure the markets are jumping. Tell us what we tell us what you want us to know about the markets today. Well, would you like to hear about my dinner last night? Yes, sure. Okay. Know, so 
we had fresh gluten-free pasta from impasta. It was um, mushroom ravioli. And we had that with fresh, fresh asparagus. And we put our own fried mushrooms or sauteed mushrooms on top and sprinkled it with a little grated cheese. And oh my God, spring dinner at its best. That sounds amazing. And I assume these are all things that we can find at Central Farm Market. Absolutely. The asparagus have popped and you should, you really have to be there to see everybody's excitement. Who would think you'd get excited about asparagus, but they fly off the shelves. The strawberries came in, started coming in and people were, it it was so amazing to watch the first batch last week. People are just giddy with delight and walking out with flats of strawberries uh, so there's so much good stuff. The ramps, the it's spring at its best and our dinners are getting better and better and we're able to eat and have friends over outside. So now's the time to start cooking and getting outside and enjoying spring. What? Um, so just very quickly, Deb, what do you guys have going on for Mother's Day? You will be open on Mother's Day, right? We are, yeah, we will be open and we have gorgeous plant masters. We'll have gorgeous, gorgeous flower arrangements for Mother's Day. We have uh, some of our distilleries will be there for the moms that like to imbibe, like me. And uh, lots of good food, lots of uh, pasta and fish and lobsters and you name it. Whatever mom wants, give it to her. From Central Farm. Excellent. That's All right, then. Happy, Tell- wife, happy wife, happy life. That's sure. exactly well, right, be, David. You don't have to be a wife to be a mother, just to be clear. That's right. Right. Or just so celebrate women in general on Mother's right. Day. Excellent. All right, Deb, tell everybody right. where they can find Central Farm Markets online, please. You can find all our information all the time, centralfarmmarkets.com. Excellent. Thanks, Deb. Thanks, Deb. Thank you. Have a great day. April Johnson. Uh, that our first guest, uh, April Johnson, is a very happy person. Are yeah. you? You look happy. Yes, I am. I am a very, a, very, very happy person. <laughs> well, you have a beautiful smile. So I wish everybody could see it. But she's got a concept called happy, which is really fun for individuals, for couples, for corporations. So why don't we let you start off? Tell us a little about yourself and then how the happy concept came to be. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Nikki. So yeah, so as you said, I am a happy person. I always believe that like food and drink just really connects people, right? It's like this joy of life. And I think that people should spend time at places that they truly enjoy. Um, and previously, pre-COVID, happy connected people to those types of places through our mobile app. We connected people to in-person experiences um, in the DC area, really, again, like designed to fit your particular vibe, right? Like what Dave might really like might be different from what I like, right, on a particular night. And that's what it was really designed to do is to look at the individual and say, okay, you're looking for, you know, more of a chill vibe or an upbeat or, um, you know, like a speakeasy or whatever it is you're looking for, we would help you um, find it on the app. And as we all know, COVID changed the world and specifically the restaurant and bar industry. And so in March of last year, when everything shut down, um, our existing platform was immediately like rendered useless, right? Like right. there was no connecting people to to in-person experiences. And so we quickly had to say, well, what do we do, right? Like how do we continue to provide this connection to food and drink um, while we can't be physically together? And so we immediately started um, hosting virtual mixology classes um, through the relationships mm-hmm. we had built in DC. Um, Andra Johnson from Serenada was our first bartender. Who hosted? We also had Christopher Chapman Chakra from Coconut Club. We had Capri Robinson. Um, we had just an amazing, amazing okay. array. <laughs> Can I just tell you? You know, Capri's business partner is Capri. coming on. 
I do, at the yes. end of the show today. <laughs> I did. When you said that, I was like, oh my gosh. So other interesting story. So I worked at the me for like a month and a half before everything shut down. Cause I've always like wanted to like see what it was like on that side. And I love Jocelyn industry. and Simone. Jocelyn and Simone yeah. are just amazing people. Amazing people. Amazing. Yeah. I think I was really spoiled because that was my only restaurant experience. And I'm like, it was like a family, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I did meet Erica while I was there. Um, she was at Epsomy as well. So it's a really like funny, like story that she's going to be on. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, also interesting story, since we're talking about like working at restaurants, I was a lawyer for five years. So I think that's important because I quit my job in 2018, really to, to build happy um, and connect people to, to these, these restaurant and bar um, experiences. So all that happened, the world mm-hmm. changed and we're like, what are we going to do? So had all these great relationships with um, amazing talent in DC. And we're like, let's, let's bring them, you know, to the people that, that they led as well. Um, and so hosted these virtual mixology classes. And we're like, we're not like, we want to continue to support the bartenders as well. Like, right. Like it's not just for fun. Like, you know, people need to live. Um, and so we actually charged um, entrance fees for these virtual mixology hours. And um, half of that went to the bartender and the other half went to Happy to allow us to continue to put on these. And so it just grew and grew and grew um, from there. And so what we realized is a couple of things, right? Like, so one, when we were doing these, we kind of figured out kind of this like secret sauce to make these events like actually fun. People are tired mm-hmm. of being on Zoom. Zoom fatigue is real, right? And so what what happens is like, what what is that experience like when you actually get on this event? And the other thing that we noticed is that you know, when you have these events like mixology or any other type of event, what are people bringing to the event? So we would give people a list of ingredients and they would go out and purchase everything themselves. And then we said, well, instead of having people run around to go purchase all these ingredients, why don't we make kits that have everything that people need right there? Um, mm. So that's where our kit concept came from. Did that for a couple months. And then at the same time, we're like, well, if all these individuals are coming to our virtual events, what are their companies doing? Right, like they must be struggling to keep their teams engaged, get their clients engaged, get their groups engaged. And so we immediately transitioned over to um, outreach to to corporations. And so with my background as a lawyer, we had a lot of connections in the big law space. I knew they had big budgets. I'm like, I know what y'all are doing. Um, So we like started outreach to to law firms and it just took off from there. Um, We don't do any. But how did you put, can we we talk about putting the kits together? Like Mm -hmm. if we got a kit, what's in it? Like what are we going to find in a kit? And what's your next yeah. virtual class? Like, let's walk through it. Yeah, so awesome. So our kits give you everything that you need for the experience, right? We don't want you to have to go out and find all these extra things. We have two tiers of kits. We have ingredient only, and then we have gift quality. So if you're going to do like glassware tools, that's going to come into your gift quality. So for example, if we have um, an old fashioned kit, for example, and it's going to have your bitters, it's going to have, um, for, we do like a rosemary old fashioned. So it's going to have your rosemary, it's going to have your orange. It's going to have your sugar cubes or simple syrup. We do a sweetened maple. So it's going to have maple syrup, um, your cordial cherries. It has everything that you need. Um, and we also partner with local spirits as well um, to include in the kits where we can. So it literally includes everything that you need. But as you mentioned, Nikki, it's not just like mixology. That's what we started with. Um, mm-hmm. So now we do virtual sushi classes, virtual um, cookie baking classes virtual charcuterie classes um, and love partnering with local companies. So like for our virtual baking, um, we use kits with from Uncle Chips locally um, here in DC. And so it'll give you all of your fresh cookie ingredients and you come on and make everything um, together with your team or with your clients. 
So now when you do these virtual classes, sometimes is it just a, a general event and people sign up for it? Or now are you doing it as a more structured thing? Like a business has to do it or, you know, I could say, hey, I want to do a birthday party with you. How, how, are you, how are you scheduling that? Yeah, so now it's all corporate so or corporate or group. So if you wanted to do a birthday party, perfect. Um, or if like a team wants to celebrate something or they have new interns coming in for the summer, um, so what happens is someone just goes to the website, they say, okay, I want to select this type of class for my group. They select how many people they want to have come to that class, how many, what type of kit they want, they check out, and then everything just happens automatically on our back end, and they just show up and have a really good time. Excellent. So, All right, April, April wait, David, up? David, we have to take a quick break. So let's do that, and then you can ask the question okay. when we come back. All right. Okay, All right. This, is, this is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. More with April Johnson when we come back. We are back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to April Johnson about her really cool remote dining experience, Happy, customized, I guess you'd call it, remote dining and, and, and drinking experiences. But what, what happens? Does somebody from Happy kind of serve as a, I don't know, a host or a moderator? Because I've been on a lot of Zoom calls lately, and you get people that, that it's like a license to jabber, and you get people <laughs> that can kind of take it over. And uh, so what happens there? Yeah, that's a great question. And so we do have hosts on every event um, that we've trained. And so that's a big part of it, right? It's like what happens when you're in this virtual setting? You can't just throw people in there and say, go for it. Let's just hope for the best, right? Mm -hmm. So we have an instructor who's going to be the person that's leading your um, mixology or charcuterie or sushi. Then we also have what we call a social host that's trained by Happy, trained on our standard. And they're there to manage the flow of the event, make sure everyone's engaging, having fun, playing music, we do games. So it's really an experience. It's not just coming on to make a drink or coming on to make some sushi. You do make those things. Um, but it's really designed to engage, you know, with your team, or with your clients or celebrate your birthday. We've definitely done some birthday parties and those are very turned up. Let me let you know. Um, but they're, they're, they're all different. And we understand that each group is different. So we also take that into account with who we pick to host your event, right? So if it's a women's group, for example, we're going to have a female bartender, a female host. If it's an LGBTQ group, um, a client group is going to be different than an intern group, right? And so we take all that mm -hmm. into account to make sure that people That's feel very comfortable. Smart. What about cost? Yeah, so all of our costs are bundled into one simple like cost per person. Um, you can get the kits and host yourself. It'll, it'll come with like a nice recipe card if you don't want us to host, but like 90% of people have us host. Um, so the kits start at $60 per person and that includes your mm -hmm. shipping. It includes all taxes. It's all bundled in very, very neatly. Um, and then if you, yeah, and then if you want us to host, that starts at $30 per person um, for the hosting. That's going to get you an hour event with full logistics. It's going to get our host, the instructor host. Um, and then you can upgrade to a party if you want a DJ, which is super fun. Um, and that's just $50 per person. And that goes to an hour and a half. You have your DJ, your host, your instructor, and people really just turn up on those. That is amazing. Okay, so now, um, now that you're here, and now that we have a light at the end of the tunnel, we have like a minute left, like, will this will you do both now will you use it like now you have two revenue streams right well sort of right so the happy app we've just kind of like let that kind of not die but it would just like put it on hold you know mm -hmm. um because what we've seen is that the like the virtual um engagement space is super super hot it's growing like what COVID taught us all is that social connection is really important um, but that is also really hard, but Happy does it really, really well. Um, mm -hmm. And people love it. At the same time, remote teams are growing in number, distributed teams are growing in number. People are mm -hmm. realizing you can engage with people no matter where they are, engage with your clients, 
having a family event. People are seeing each other more often look now, at us. virtually. Look at yeah. us right now. <laughs> exactly. So virtual is not going And I'm well. happy. <laughs> You're happy. <laughs> All right, April, tell everybody, please, where they can find you and where they can get in on this. I, it's, it's an incredible concept and it's executed so well. Congratulations on all your work. Tell everybody where they can find you. Thank you, Nikki. You can find us at www.happied.co. Happied.co. Hit us up, have some fun. See you soon. Great. Thanks, April. All right, our next guest has a story to tell that probably should be a, a lifetime movie. Uh, <laughs> about 25 years ago, his mom was ill and decided to go completely raw vegetable vegan. And yeah. um, he, you know, he, he, he wanted to help her with something delicious to eat. And he invented a hamburger that's now called the legendary burger that's sold all over the place. The guy became a mogul helping his mom. And he joins us right now. His name is Dwayne Cheers. And he's on the phone yeah. to us from Atlanta. Hey, Dwayne, how are you? Hey, how's it going today, man? Thank you guys for having me, man. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I'm hearing just great things. This show is amazing. I love the energy. Love you guys dearly. So thank you guys so much for having us. Absolutely. Uh, we're so, turn, turn that into a commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's definitely do so, it. Let's do it. Dwayne, let's talk about uh, how you got into producing food. I mean, let's talk about your mom yeah. and her yeah. changing to going to plant-based yeah. diet and, and what that definitely. meant for you. Okay, definitely. So let's just jump right into it. Number one, let's first acknowledge something that is very, very important. The month mm. of May. Lupus Awareness Month. And the reason why mm. that's so important to me is because that is the terminal illness that my mom has battled with for over 35 years. So for the past 35 years, my mom has battled with this terrible illness. And, you know, I talked to her friends. You know, my mom was a fly girl back in the day. I mean, she was a cool one. She was everything. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she gets lupus. She gets mm. lupus and she has three kids. She's married. So I have watched my mom battle this terminal illness. So currently right now, my mom has a half of one lung. So this is a very much a purpose-driven company. So I have been in this vegan lifestyle for literally, I, I would say, about 30 years. So I was a kid who was at the lunch table who couldn't trade none of the products, right? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you wasn't trading rice cakes with the good old cheese pizza back in the day. That just didn't right. work. No. Right. No, one, no one wanted to talk to you back in the day, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that just wasn't cool. So, so what happened was um, my aha moment, that's what we'll call it, like that aha moment where it all clicked. Me and my mom, we were in the grocery store. We were walking around and just having like a great conversation. And my mom was like, you know, like I just miss having a good burger because we all know that a burger is a world tradition. Like everybody mm -hmm. loves it, no matter what country you're from, no matter your race, no matter your economics, everybody loves just a great burger. And we were sitting there and like, you know, my mom and I, we had tried all of them. You know what I mean? Like I, I've been trying vegan products, you know, again, since I was in elementary school. And that was my aha moment. And at that moment, I called my closest friend, uh, Janita Plato, who was the other co-founder of the company, I had a long conversation with her. Her and I were like, you know what? We need to get a chef. And I was like, well, I know one who I've known for a very, very long time, Jim O.K. Jackson. I gave him a call. We started doing R&D. The R&D probably lasted about seven to eight months. During that time, Cynthia Betterson came on time. And that is our chief of innovation. And then Vince Parker, Doris Deal, which are all people that work for us, well, who are part of this whole company. And we just put our fellow, our our feet to the ground and we're just working so so hard and we knew we wanted to focus on a couple of things number one was texture because it has to taste like a burger inside your mouth like how it breaks up then it's the mm -hmm. flavor because flavor is so so important and then it's how it looks because you eat with your eyes too so we focus on those three things and we created the best plant-based burger in the absolute world this is the kobe beef of the plant-based product this is the like wild <laughs> 
um, this is the best one. This is not even like a a question. And we started doing pop-ups everywhere. That's how we started off. We were doing pop-ups at like community centers on the corner, you know what I'm saying? Uh, FedEx Field. Uh, we were just doing them any and everywhere. Then we started doing homecoming and this is probably getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then um I was I was at home one day and you know I was going through a lot of stuff personally because you know I've been an entrepreneur, you know, after college. Shout out to Morgan State University, that's where I graduated from. Um mm-hmm. after college I went into being like an entrepreneur. So I mean I had really been through it all. I mean I I mean I, I just jumped out there, you know, with no savings, no nothing. So I've had a house foreclosed before, I had a car repossessed on, on the way to going to church before. Talk about testing your faith. You know, right. I mean? like really going to church and, and I was walking outside and my car gone because I was being an entrepreneur. And if you've really been an entrepreneur, what comes with that is that you're going to sacrifice a lot of things. It's the old saying that someone great told me. His, uh, his name is uh, Brandon Wiley. A couple months of sacrifice for a lifetime of paradise. The thing mm-hmm. about it is that you don't know how many months that's going to be because those months could be 12 months, they could be 24, they could be 36, they could be 48, you know what I'm saying? And it just keeps, keeps going on. So we just kept on going. So wait, I, I got to jump in and ask a question. Is this the story what? you told Mark Cuban? That you told I, oh, Mark Cuban that made him stroke his oh, neck? I'm about to get away to all that. I'm about to get there. I'm about to get to that story too. So, um, <laughs> so I was at home and I saw it on TV. Apply now for Shark Tank season 12. Mm. And I applied. And, you know, I said a prayer. Applied to it. And then, you know, we started getting the phone calls, started getting the phone calls. And then it was about practice and let me tell you, Vince, Vince Parker, which is like my closest friend, who is the COO of the company, we put together the the best strategy to go into Shark Tank. I mean, we practiced so hard. I mean, we practiced three times a day, four times a day. I was practicing on my knuckles in the garage doing push-ups. Whatever <laughs> we had to do, because we had a clear plan. And the plan was, and if, if you guys haven't watched the episode, watch it. It is season 12, episode 15. I'm going to say that again. Season 12, episode 15. Our mm-hmm. plan was to blitz them with the numbers. Because we learned from watching Shark Tank is that if you wait for them to ask you things, you're playing on their field. And you'll never win on their field. And we blitzed them. I came in and I told them what the cost of goods was, what the profit margin was, everything. And, and, and we blitzed them. And then Mark, Mark was like, yo, you guys are some hustlers. But one of the stories that I did tell Mark was a very, very true story because we are currently inside a giant food and Safeway. So if you guys are in the mid-Atlantic area, make sure you guys go to Safeway. Make sure you go to Acme Market and make sure you... Um, giant so the story about getting those contracts prior to even going to shark tank was i literally disguised myself as a delivery boy and i walked inside a giant headquarters and i and i gave out burgers to everybody in there but what i did was i had to do research on all the meat managers names so i go in there to the reception and i'm like hey how you doing you look so nice today here's some flowers here's a starbucks gift card but we have a delivery for scott and all the meat managers she was like really I didn't get the call. I was like, well, listen, they didn't call you because they called me. And they're all in the meeting right now. So don't call them right now because if you do, you're going to get in trouble. Okay? So just take Oh, my burgers. God. <laughs> That's how I went in the headquarters. And I, and I gave her the burgers. And, she, and, and uh, she was like, well, who has the papers? I was like, listen, it's already paid for. Don't even worry about it, okay? All right? Everything is done. But don't call them. Just give them the burgers. Because they're in a big meeting right now. But they called me. And I gave her the burgers. And I came back two days later. And she was like, yo, you're that delivery board. The feathers were amazing. And I said, let me reintroduce myself. My name is Dwayne Cheers. I'm the founder and I'm the CEO of Everything Legendary. And it'd be an honor to get a meeting with you guys so that I can get this amazing product inside of your grocery store. And from that, from that stunt, I got a meeting with Giant and I ended up running the same, same thing with Safeway a week later and got a meeting with both of those. Fast forward 15 months later, we're inside of 275 Safeways and Acme as well as 166 Giant food stores. 
So that I tell is you an are incredible smart. story. What, what, a great what did they, story. Wait, wait, wait. I want to know what, what class was that at Morgan State? <laughs> uh, listen, I was a business major. Um, and again, I would tell everybody, man, believe me, Jason, man, listen, I've been broke, broke before. Like, this is a story of perseverance. And the perseverance comes from, I watched my mom battle this terrible illness. And it's very real. You know, my mom is on oxygen 24-7. I mean, 24-7. She has oxygen machine at the house. She can't even get up and down those stairs. So, like, we had to, you know, get the whole thing in the stairs built for her house. I mean, even during COVID, you know, I wasn't even allowed to come in the house. I had to drop off groceries every morning for my mom on the step because COVID was so real. You know what I mean? So, this is a purpose-driven company. We also have a online system because we had pivoted to that way when COVID first started. So people who are not in the area, if you're in like Atlanta, you know, California, you can go to golegendary.com. Again, that's golegendary.com. And you can order our burgers, our ground, and our combo pack. And it can sit from our kitchen right to your kitchen. Well, Dwayne, we we focus on. Dwayne, can we just talk about yeah. how, where, so if I go to Safeway or I go to Giant, where am I finding your product? Or if I order it online, how is the product coming? And do I cook it like is it ground beef and like ground like a beef and i make yes. it a burger or yes, does it come yes. in patty no, okay. tell, tell me a little more we about both. the product we okay. have both both skews that's a great question we have both mm -hmm. both skews right now so inside of giant and takeaway you can get the ground and the burger and what i mean with this ground anything that you guys think that you want to do with ground beef you can do with this ground literally and i i, I mean you can do stuff what uh uh stuff peppers you can do Chili, you can do nachos, you can do Taco Tuesday, you can do meatloaf, uh, mushrooms, meatloaf, um, anything that you can pick up, you can do. And, and what makes it so good, this is preseason. This is flavorful. Mm. Like, that's the issue with the other competition. They have no flavor. You have to, like, yeah. add in all this different salt and all this pepper, which is just what? Increasing the sodium level in the product. You don't have to do that with ours. You really don't need to do anything. It is made ready to go. Our burgers come in a two-pack. You can see them in the frozen section or in the refrigerated section. Giant and Safeway both have them at, at both, both locations. You cook our Excellent. burgers. Excellent. All right, Dwayne. Unfortunately, I know, time's exactly. up. I got to take a commercial break. Okay. <laughs> okay, so do me a favor. Tell everybody where they can find you online, please. GoLegendary.com. That is GoLegendary.com. I'm saying for a third time. GoLegendary.com. And make sure you go to Giant Safeway and the Ask Me Market. Make sure you guys go there. This is David and Nikki Nellis for Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, everybody, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and one of my most favorite people in the world is on the phone with us right now, Greg Nevin. Greg is a food and wine festival. No, I was going to say he's a food and wine festival impresario, but he's a man that loves to bring together large masses of people for fun. And when COVID hit, the kind of fun that he sponsors, like the... Uh, the uh, uh, you know the food and wine festivals at the National Harbor and other things like that kind of vintage Virginia toilet. beer bourbon and barbecue oh, yeah. no, I could go on and he's on everything. if you've been to one of those around here it's Greg's event and so when COVID hit he had to pivot and he's pivoted like crazy uh, including <laughs> digging up some dinosaurs and we'll let him explain that Greg welcome back to the show and uh, thank you thank you talk about it lots of hugs lots of hugs to y'all. Yeah, mm. it's, this has been a, quite a year. Quite a year has gone by. Yes, it's um, unbelievable. So let's talk about that, Greg. <laughs> I mean, how does somebody who throws festivals for a living uh, do, what did you do? What happened for the past year? I mean, I know some of it just because, you know, I've been a well, part yeah, of we were, National Harbor we, Wine and Food for years. Yeah, we, um, I mean, uh, when it happened, we are, the last show we held was March 7th. 
and that was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, then basically that was on a Saturday. By the next Saturday, my office and all of our employees, we were all unemployed. Um, mm-hmm. And then we were shut down for six months, seven months. Uh, During festival season, specifically. All during festival season, yeah. And uh, we operate in seven states, and there wasn't a state or anywhere. I mean, when your job is to bring thousands of people together and let them hug and talk and see each other. Drink and eat. Drink. It's not the the business to be in in the middle of COVID. So um, Mm -hmm. after seven months, we thought there was a window there where we were going to be able to produce some shows at the end of the fall. And then, of course, the second wave or whatever you call it hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then we have now been really just working on 2021. And we've been pushed and pushed and pushed with the events. But it looks like the first the first gate, uh, the first show out of the gates will be um, the we're going to do beer, bourbon and barbecue at Tyson's Corner Plaza, which will be May 22nd. Wow. And so that is. There's a lot that goes behind the scenes on events that a lot of people don't see. And part of that is permitting and working with the authorities and the ABC board and the health departments and things like that. And so this has been a real, uh, a real, real work in progress. Uh, mm-hmm. And it looks like we're going to be able to do that. And so then after that, uh, things really are opening up uh, dramatically uh, now from our mm-hmm. end. Uh, it looks like people are more uh, open to coming to events and the municipalities that we work within, they seem more open to the idea, you know, as long as people are safe and not doing crazy things. Well, I think as more people, as more people get vaccinated and, you know, and, you know, as long as people, you know, understand the confines with which, you know, you can enjoy these things, you know, sometimes it's like, this is why we can't have nice things because people behave poorly. Um, So let's talk about, you know what I mean? Right? Like, this is what we have. Oh, absolutely. There's no question there. No question. Okay. So beer, bourbon, barbecue. What? I was just going to say, before we, we, you know, we move on to all that, nobody's going to be able to remember all the festivals and all the dates. So Greg, just quickly tell everybody where they can find the complete listing. Well, I mean, if you go to drinkeatrelax.com, that's our website. And all of the events and the schedules are posted there, drinkeatrelax.com. And And I do uh, also want to say they're all on the list, are you on it.com. So, I mean, hello. They're all there. Oh, well, there you Um, go. There you go. (laughs) Okay, so beer, bourbon, and barbecue, for people who haven't done that festival before, let's give them a little take of what that festival is like. Well, if you can't tell from the horrible southern twang in my voice. Uh, I am from North Carolina and uh, the Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival is just uh, uh, a rendering of what is in my heart and my soul and my gut. And that is just a bunch of great barbecue stands that we bring in from different parts of the South uh, and some from Maryland, some from Virginia, uh, some are local. And we've got, uh, you know, brisket, chicken, pork, uh, ribs, everything you can think of from a barbecue standpoint. And then you've got 60 beers and 40 bourbons that you can taste. Wow. Um, and this is a, a new location out at the Tyson's Plaza. So it's a beautiful uh, Yeah, spot. where is that? Really. Where is that? It is literally between the mall and uh, the Metro line stop, the Silver Line. So the Metro stop 
there is a, a great plaza that is out there and uh, you could take the metro and you're right there. It's There's no yeah. driving involved. Uh, you just get off the train and you are there ready to go. So, uh, Greg, is this what used to be a field? <laughs> no, it is not. And it's not a field. It's it's a plaza. It's attached to the mall. It's right next to the Shake Shack, if you know where the Shake Shack is. Oh, okay. Is. So it's that, that upper level thing next to the Shake Shack and before all the, uh, the high rises. That's great. Right before all, yeah, exactly. Right in there with the high rises. There's uh, a few restaurants so now, that are up there. There's a Shake Shack, Starbucks, all that. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, that's a cool space. So now, how many how many people? Like, is it done in in sections? How are you sort of handling this that? one? Will be it'll definitely be in sessions. It'll be we have to limit the amount of people uh, just to make sure there's no one. Uh, you know, so it's just a little bit safer and a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, better uh, for COVID purposes and a little bit more spread out. Uh, mm -hmm. So we'll limit it to uh, less than a thousand people. There'll be two sessions and you can mm -hmm. see the sessions online at beerandbourbon.com is the website mm -hmm. for that show. Um, Great. And uh, yeah, you can just go in there and pick a session there. Their session one is pretty close to sold out and session two is working on it. So uh, wow. we invite everybody to come out and join us. We'd love, we'd love to have more people. It's, you know, we, we've had a couple of dinners uh, locally here in Maryland where I live, and uh, it has just been so wonderful to see people out I bet. and I doing things and smiling. Eating and drinking. Uh, <laughs> eating and drinking. God, it's been right, so exactly. amazing. So. Okay, so exactly. before yeah. we get into the dinosaurs, I just want to let people know that Vintage Virginia is going to be back, and it's June 5th. And this is like, this is an age-old event that you have taken over. This is the one, if I think this is this, and there was another wine festival uh, in Virginia. They are the longest running. This has been going on for 40 years in the state right. of Virginia. Uh, and it's an incredible show. Uh, mm -hmm. All local North Carolina, uh, local Virginia wineries. Uh, and they're wonderful wineries. And this year we've added local breweries and distilleries there. Uh, oh, fabulous. It is sponsored. Oh, oh yeah. So it's a, it's the whole thing. It's sponsored by the Virginia Wineries Association who, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's really their event. Um, and it, it's going to be a fantastic, uh, presentation to get back into wine festivaldom. Uh, and the, the governor, uh, of Virginia has uh, allowed us to go to 30%. Right now we're at 30%. I think after today or May 15th, that may increase. Mm -hmm. But it's it'll all be one session, and we should be able to have uh, several thousand people to that event because of the location. You can spread out. There's a huge lawn, and it'll be wide open, and it's just a gorgeous. Is location. that full run? So, Is that at full run? That's Bull Run Special mm -hmm. Event Center. Yeah. yeah, right. We've been lots it's of great. free parking and oh, yeah, great, great location. All right, so okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna transition you, buddy. Okay, because transition. Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, <laughs> Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 37, all my favorite movies. Um, and uh, you, I, I, you know, that's a movie, but you have, in fact, brought back dinosaurs. And I don't know how you did it, but uh, tell everybody about that. Well, this is this is one of those things where you pivot and you go where you go where there's rain. Um, we couldn't all get together. So I have some friends of mine who have been friends of mine for 45 years. Uh, I'm not giving away my age, but mm -hmm. uh, we have been friends forever. They are into dinosaurs. They are dinosaur uh, connoisseurs and, and fans. And 
they actually produce Great. an event down in Virginia Beach. Uh, and it, they have all of these dinosaurs. And so they're, you know, life-size dinosaurs. And so we decided that since there are people around the country doing these drive-through dinos, that mm-hmm. we would try to do this in Northern Virginia. Uh, and there have been other ones in other locations. So we went to China. We bought a bunch of uh, dinosaurs, animatronic dinosaurs, uh, which is not normal. And the, our audience is three to eight-year-olds. So for me, that is definitely not my normal audience. No, it's such uh, a Greg, different audience allow, Greg, there's very little about you that's normal anyway, so keep going. Uh, very, <laughs> very true. Very, very true. But uh, this is, so you come to with your family, it's uh, $49. There's lots of uh, discount coupons out there uh, in the world. And you drive your car through, and we have 75 dinosaurs in different scenes that we've built. Uh, okay. Here again, at Bull Run Regional Park. Okay. Uh, just, and if you're familiar, they do a, a light show there during the holidays. Mm. Uh, that's fantastic, and families love it. And so this, we thought, was a great location and a great opportunity. And so we've worked with Nova Parks and we've worked with a bunch of different people to bring this to life. So it should be fun for families. Excellent. So when does it start and when does it end? Uh, It will start May 14th through Mm -hmm. Memorial Day will be our last day. Okay. And you can go and get tickets at uh, drivethroughdinos.com. And we highly recommend that you um, reserve a slot a time slot because they are slotted by time Mm -hmm. and we can only have so many cars per hour right of course Uh, and we expect you know the weekends to sell out for sure there's no question okay before we wrap up my question is like are there dinosaurs that kind of burst out like i'm trying to i can't get a visual it's it's family friendly we we don't want to make it so it scares kids but uh, yeah, there you drive down the road, and they're all on the sides of the road as you drive through, and they're you know they're roaring and they're uh, gyrating and going crazy. We have a paleontologist village. Um, it's fantastic. It's really kind of unique uh, cool. the way it is, and there's an audio tour that you listen to as you go through. Cool, David. Yeah, that's like Nikki at a social event, roaring and gyrating. Um, I just want to know: do you have, do you have Velociraptors? Oh, we have velociraptors, and they are in a cage, and they're out of a cage. There's lots of them. Oh, yeah. All right. On that and note, T-Rex and Triceratops. we have to wrap it up. All right. Greg Niven, it's always great to have you uh, on the show. Give everybody, you, your, give everybody your website, please. Uh, drivethroughdinos.com. That's where you want to go for that one. Okay, great. Thanks, Greg. We'll have you on later in the year to talk about all the other fabulous festivals that will hopefully be rolling out this summer. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. When we come back, we're empowering the diner. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And as I told you at the top of the show, we've got a really interesting uh, segment coming up. Erica Christian is the founder and executive director of Empowering the Diner. It's a BIPOC-focused event series that helps uh, attendees not only flex their purchasing power at area restaurants, but learn more about, you know, the food they're eating and what they're drinking and the whole sort of a, the context of dining. And uh, well, Erica, it's really. How are you, Erica? Hey, Erica. What? Well, I was going to say it's really about communication, and I'm so excited to have Erica join us. Um, Eric Bruder Yang actually put Erica and I together because 
Um, as we say on every show, when I say Eric Bruner Yang, you should drink because his name comes up all the time. Um, <laughs> Eric uh, put us together because uh, we have a marketing partnership and every month he wants to highlight a new uh, organization or group that's doing something really interesting. So Eric put Erica and I together and this uh, month long event concept that she's doing, which obviously has longer legs is uh called Empowering the Diner. So Erica, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start from the beginning. Like you have a restaurant background. You're, you're in the service industry. You're part of the hospitality industry. What was your experience there? Um, you know, it, it, it's funny because I've been reflecting on this very deeply this past like 24 hours um, because I went to Chocolate City's Best, which is uh, mm-hmm. an org founded by my co-founder, Capri Robinson. They put on something mm-hmm. called Beyond the Bar where they have Black women come through and talk about you know, their experiences beyond the bar. Um, and in this one, they really touched on like what it was like to, to be working under these uh, operators, owners, managers who didn't really understand how to support Black folks uh, mm-hmm. and, and Black employees. And I'd say that that like, sentence there sums up my experience. I do not think that I worked for terrible people. Not at all. I just do not think that they did the work to understand how to support uh, Black communities and Black employees. So mm-hmm. I'd say that my experience was very um, educational, but also incredibly discouraging. I mean, by the time COVID hit, I really felt like I didn't have a place in food and beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with all of the intersections of my identity. So queer, Black, woman, um, chronically ill slash invisible disability. So um, I would say my experience was very educational, especially at places like Tail Up Goat, where I'm learning wine and being tested, so I'm being challenged, and places like Domestique, where I'm, I had access to learning so much about wine, and, you know, even Thami, Daikaya, Emily's, where I'm learning about different styles of food, very educational. Um, I mm-hmm. love hospitality. I love connecting with guests, but it was incredibly discouraging. Mm-hmm. And so, how? and that is the impetus for... Yeah this program that you were doing. So let's talk a little bit about it and, and how you well, and uh, we, we put it together. Yes. In, Nick, why don't we, I'd like to dig in a little bit to, you know, the aspects that were so discouraging because that's really the impetus for what you're doing now. I mean, talk about it a little. Yeah, of course. I mean, when we talk about, right, like when you work for someone and you don't get to serve members of your community, it's that in itself is discouraging, right? So most of the restaurants I worked at, I did not get the chance to serve, you know, black communities, black community mm-hmm. members. Um, and and I was often, if not the only one of a few uh, black employees, especially front of house, right? Like you see a lot of black folks, black and brown folks back of house, you see them in different positions, dishwashers, cleaning staff, stuff like that. But I wasn't seeing anyone on the floor. Um, And so when we talk about what we're being taught, right, like the language we're being taught to use, the language we're being taught to put forth to serve, that is not language that is natural to me, right? Like when we, when we see the world of even not just the world of wine, but food and beverage itself, it's very white centered um, in, in, in perspective. It's very colonizer led in perspective as well. Those are the things that are centered. So when you don't see yourself in it and your managers and owners and operators don't understand that and you're asked to use language that does not belong to you and you're told that you cannot show up as yourself with your language, with your style, um, you're told that different aspects of your your look is unprofessional or or it's just picked out like 
all of those things made the experience discouraging. And on top of that, um, you know, not seeing any support in being able to serve the way I want to serve, the way I know mm-hmm. I can touch my community members, right? Like when you bring in Black employees, you have a chance to grow your audience. And that's not how it's happening. What's happening is that we're being asked to assimilate to something that we were not taught and, and black folks built hospitality. So, right. Like literally like this, the food and beverage industry was built, unfortunately, but off the backs of, you know, free black labor through mm-hmm. starting at slavery. Right. So when we talk about these, these things, if those structures aren't recognized as you're building your business, you perpetuate those same ideas. So free labor, you know, not being able to show up as myself, being asked to assimilate and the constant microaggressions, all of those things being discouraging and being tokenized, being used as an image as a black queer woman, rather Mm -hmm. than people actually seeking to support the work that I'm doing. Right, and so, and when you asked for help in these situations or you asked for support in situations, was there just like a blank stare? What was the response back? I mean, I, and, and empowering the diner is actually the perfect example, right? Because it wasn't working when I was working for these places, right? I, I mean, even by the time I got to Emily's, I was no longer afraid to speak up. That's the other thing. In the beginning, you're afraid to speak up because I'm going to be the first one to go. If, I, if it's not working with me and I'm the only one who looks like me in the room, <laughs> I'm going to be the first one to go. I'm the clearly <laughs> the one that doesn't fit. I'm the one that's othered. And empowering the diner was my way to stop that. Um, is my way to stop that, to stop dealing with that. And even here, as I've broken off and I'm asking for support for doing my own thing, I see that people just don't quite connect. They don't understand um, why we're, why I'm doing this, why Capri and I are doing this, why we think it's important to connect the guest experience to the conversations with regard to dismantling colonizer-led perspectives in the world of food and beverage. Like, right, mm-hmm. like we have to connect those things. Like we can't leave the guest out because that's consumer money. I mean, how much money do we spend, all of us, we're all consumers too, how much money do we spend on food and, and beverage? I mean, mm-hmm. we, sh- we deserve to have a piece of that pie. We deserve to partake in these conversations. So I really didn't, it, w- it wasn't even so much blank stares as it was, just people do not understand because they don't mm-hmm. see the problem because they see themselves represented in the industry, right? Like mm-hmm. if I am, uh, you know, if I was not black, right? Like I would probably see myself more represented in the industry in terms of like validation and ownership and seeing managers, all of those things, sure. we see that, but we don't. So I think that a lot of people just don't connect. Like I said, I don't think I worked for bad people. I think I worked for people who didn't understand how to connect to the idea of, of anti-racism, right? Like, mm-hmm. because it's more, more than an idea, but it starts as an idea that you have to work with and you have to work on and you have to integrate into your person. And so I feel that people just didn't know how to do that. So I got a lot of like paragraphs that don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> that don't actionably say anything. And that's why I use that word actionable all the time. When we talk about- Well, listen, I mean, Erica, we have two minutes left. And I mean, we obviously could talk to you for hours, which is why you're going to be on industry night where we can do a really deep dive. But so can we tell people about what Empower the Diner is and how everybody is invited to the table because we all have to work on this together, right? Like it can't yes. be done in the void. Yes. And that's what it's about. So Empowering the Diner is about bringing- BIPOC-centered perspectives mm-hmm. to the table that I'm building. So Empowering the Diner is the table. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is 
can show up, everyone can participate, but it is centered on BIPOC experiences in dining and as a professional. So, right, I wanted to create a platform where we weren't just highlighting or featuring BIPOC folks, but where we were saying, hey, this is where you actively get to interact with the work that we do, what we're doing to push the stagnant food and beverage industry forward um, and interact with it, really interact with it and not just see it on an Instagram page or see a blip on of it here. Like you're getting to learn from us. Um, and well, because don't you think, honestly, I mean, and we have to wrap up, but at the end of the day, it's a work in progress, right? We're all, it's, you're right. It's not an Instagram post that's gonna obliterate everything. This is going to have to be an ongoing conversation as we all evolve. And, and the industry, the restaurant industry especially, is prime for this disruption. Um, I think it's amazing what you're doing. I cannot wait to have you on industry night to dig deeper on it. Please tell everybody where they can find these events and participate in them. Yes. So you can go to empoweringthediner.com. Um, mm-hmm. The website is beautiful. Um, it is. We thank you. <laughs> we go to our ticket section. We just sold out of tickets that include wine, but we will thank you very much. So that's mm-hmm. 50 people already. So you don't, you want to be a part of the conversation so you can be a part of it with them. But yep, we're going to uh, release session only tickets. They're going to be at $55 and that will give you access to all of the sessions, everything that comes with it. So all the speakers and keep in mind, we have a uh, curated chef's recipes from all black chefs um, Mm -hmm. that pair with the wines. So though you can't find the wines, I can help you find the style of wine, or maybe I can help you find the wine in your city. And you're getting access to all of this information and all of these beautiful recipes that were made just for empowering the diner and you won't be able to get them anywhere else. Excellent. Erica, Christian, empower the diner. I love what you're doing. It's so inspiring and I can't wait to discuss it further. Um, And I want to thank everybody for joining us today on Foodie and the Beast. We really went through a lot. Festivals are coming back with Greg Nivens of Eat, Drink, Relax, including dinosaurs, don't forget. Uh, legendary uh, burger. We just talked with uh, Dwayne Shears about this fabulous product. You can find it in your local grocery stores. Central Farm Markets is open. Don't miss what's at market this week. And Happy, another virtual event concept uh, that April Johnson is doing. And obviously, you do not want to miss Empowering the Diner. Get in on that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget, Cinco de Mayo is coming. Mother's Day is coming up. Uh, The light is at the end of the tunnel, everybody, but it doesn't mean you don't have to be safe. So mask up when appropriate, wash your hands, please. Uh, Social distance also, be safe, but guess what? You can all have a delicious week.